have Dan. I have Bernie with me. This is the Idea of the Week podcast where we talk about new business ideas that we come up with or try and figure out a new business idea in our conversation, which is usually what happens. Um, Bernie, any opening thoughts for today's episode? No, I am just excited for you to kick off the idea that we're going to be talking about today. I think past few weeks has been a lot of me kicking that off. So why don't you tell us what you have in mind? It's time to to spark it off here. Uh, So I am um, heading down to Florida this week and I had to buy a plane ticket. And I usually wait until like the last minute to buy a plane ticket. I don't there's a, there's something about the entire ticket buying process that I just cannot stand. Uh, but in this case, I'm flying down uh, from St. Louis to West Palm Beach, which is a smaller airport down in Florida. Uh, usually I can't get a flight in there, so I have to fly into Fort Lauderdale, which is a terrible airport to fly into. It's a complete mess. Uh, the only place worse down there is probably Miami. And um, looking for a ticket, I come across this Frontier Airlines. I think I've flown on them once. Uh, it's a budget airline, kind of what an EasyJet or Ryanair would be uh, out in Europe. Uh, and the quote was for the ticket was about 250 bucks, which I'm thinking That's a deal. it's insane. Direct flight from St. Louis, which is also a smaller airport to uh, West Palm Beach is nuts. Like the normal going price for something like that, even if it wasn't direct, would be like 700 800 dollars. There's small airports. And uh, you'd have to fly through Atlanta, which is already a disaster. So I go to buy the ticket. It's 250 bucks. Then I get into the frontier uh, buying process. And I learn that every single piece of the experience has been allocated out as a separate cost. So you have to pay for if you want to select a seat, that's like 40 bucks. If you want a carry on bag, that's like 50 bucks. If you want a <laughs> personal bag that you can take on the plane, that's like $30. Uh, and it just sort of adds up and it got to the point where the extra, the quote unquote extras for the, I would call a baseline customer, decent experience were more, almost as much as the ticket itself. And no so, way. yeah, it's actually was more. Um, and so <clears throat> at the end of the day, it's interesting because at the end of the day, I got a ticket for under $400 directly to West Palm beach. So I, I, on the one hand I was happy because like that's that's a good rate to go to that uh, a direct flight from these two cities, but on the other hand, I felt like I was completely nickel and dimed uh, by this airline, and it was also the the old switcheroo. Uh, we're showing a lower price, and then once you get in the door, oh by the way, you need to pay for this, this, and this, and it just sort of like it infuriated me on a level that is hard to describe in words. Uh, yeah. And and it goes towards this bigger issue with the customer experience of flying where, you know, in every other industry, there's this customer experience revolution that's been happening for at least a decade. Um, But you look at flying and it's only gotten worse and worse and worse over the last couple of decades to the point where flying now is just straight up miserable across the board. I don't know, Bernie, what do you think about flying these days? Are you are you on that sort of page? Yeah, no, I hear you. It sounds like you have a lot of pent up aggression related to this booking experience. <laughs> but but I can I can understand that. I think this idea of being shown one thing and then having to go through the checkout flow once you feel like you've already committed to this company 
and then sort of having to mentally adjust your perception of whether you are in fact getting a good deal, sort of like click after click and page after page. I assume that's how it went. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think that can be incredibly frustrating. Uh, I, yeah, I think, you know, I think we compared flying, uh, you know, earlier we were talking about how it's just, it used to be this thing that, you know, people would get dressed up for and it was like this big deal. Hey, I'm flying today. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's sort of like, oh, let's like grab lunch before the flight. And yeah, this, I think this whole thing, it, this whole experience. Yeah. And it was like, oh, I'm, you know, grabbing a soda and meal at the airport lounge before. And, you know, there was sort of like this expectation, like maybe this silent code of you're going to get dressed up and whatnot. And I think that's all gone. That's all out the window. And I think, uh, you know, flying has become something that has brought the world together. We're a much closer world, not just through technology, but uh, the physical distances between us has also diminished given the rise of discount carriers and also competition now from the more traditional airlines that were the incumbents. And what you see is just flying is truly something for the masses. That's not really this exclusive club or this sort of thing to be, you know, getting dressed up for, you know, you can put on your like Adidas sweatpants, a pair of sneakers and a t-shirt that you slept in and hop on a plane. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. The, the question is how, you know, does the fact that so many people are flying and so many people have expectations of low prices and, you know, the sort of race to the bottom that's taking place in terms of quality, service, price, all the things that are really being impacted, how does that impact the flying experience? And my assumption is that it's pretty stressful. It's frustrating. It's filled with delays, filled with crowded airports, filled with overbooked flights. I mean, hell, United, like, you have to get punched off the plane these days <laughs> to, 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 like, free up seats when there's overbookings. <laughs> Oh my god, it's so funny. I think the big change I noticed was after um, 9-11 when um, the TSA was created. And that that part of it where it just became like, you know, you get to the airport. It's like everything's fine. I mean, it depends on where you live. Everything's usually okay until you get inside the airport and you get your ticket. And then it's like that march to the security line. Mm-hmm. And, and you got to line up and there's just something so almost demeaning about it. Like you're basically accused of a crime before you have committed any crime. And it's like, you're going into it. It's literally like you're going into a prison or something. <laughs> and like, they like have to strip search you and like, you have to lift your hands up and take off your shoes. It's almost meant to like belittle people. It feels like, um, I think it just the experience starts off super negative, right? The physical experience when you're there. Um, And then when you get in inside, you know, and this is changing at some airports, but like for the last 20 years or so, you have terrible food options, disgusting food, like Sabaro or something, which is like, come on, awful, but also great at the same time on some level. Um, Especially when you're in Times Square. Exactly. When you're in Times Square. Uh, Penn Station. (laughs) Oh, God. And, you know, you get in there and it's just like, there's not nice food, everything. Also, everything's like double the price of what it should be, at least. 
So you're constantly just like getting gouged and like picked at and prodded. And it's just, and then you get on the plane and, um, you know, the seats are smaller. Uh, everybody's just thrown into coach, like it's sturridge. And, um, there's just, there's nothing about it. That's, there's nothing about it. That's joyful or pleasurable. And it's like, I don't remember flying when I was a kid or not even a kid, but even a teenager, it wasn't nearly as bad. This is all pre nine 11. It wasn't nearly as bad as that. And I wonder how has this industry survived when its customer experience has gotten worse and worse to me, that's like the golden question. Is it just because it's necessity? It's a necessity. Uh, you have to fly, right? Like you have to, if you want to go to California from New York, you got to fly, you got to do it. Uh, is it that race to the bottom where people want to spend less and less money and then the carriers kind of uh, want to match that and offer less and less? I don't know. I mean, what do you think that it is? Yeah, it's, I, I think it's just, there's more people flying, right? It's, uh, you know, it's what no do, what do you want, like, you want to make it exclusive or something? What are you trying to say? Here? No, 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 not, not at all. I think it's a good thing that more people are flying. I think back in the day, right? Like if you wanted a cheap way to get to Florida, you'd probably take a bus and you'd probably take a bus to, I don't know, you're in St. Louis. You'd probably have to take a bus to like Chicago and from Chicago, you'd have to take yeah. a bus to like Philadelphia Memphis. or <laughs> yeah, or Memphis. I, I, yeah, I don't even know. And then from there, like to Atlanta and from Atlanta, it'd be like a it'd be like a whole trip and you'd you know you'd it would probably take you like 24 hours yeah a week (laughs) it'd be like riding a horseback you'd be faster riding a horseback down there so i think you know i think that's just how people used to travel on the cheap and now that's not necessary anymore and uh, you know flying is the great connector and it's for everybody and i think it's just because it's become so commoditized that, uh, you know, has the expectation of experience gone down? I think like if you're flying for really cheap, maybe you don't really expect much at all. But yeah. the challenge is when you're not flying for cheap, then you start wondering like, well, you know, I'm paying $700 or $800 for a ticket and you're being subjected to just a terrible experience all around and your, your space is violated. Your privacy is violated. Uh, your, your sort of dignity at some points may even be violated. And on top of this, right. When you, you blend all of that and you mix it with a little bit of uncertainty of, you know, is the flight going to leave on time? Is the weather going to be all right? Is the uh, arriving flight going to be there? Are there going to be cancellations? Oh God. You, you blend it all together. Oh, and then on top, you haven't even talked about getting the Uber to and from the airport. Oh, like, God, right? a whole like, deal. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a whole deal. Like how much traffic is there going to be? You know, like that's another thing in big cities like New York. Now you have traffic 24 seven. This isn't like, uh, Oh, you know, like gotta beat rush hour. You can be on a Sunday at noon yeah. and you can be, you know, like a mile from the airport and there's just an ungodly amount of traffic. And, you're already stressing out and you're not just stressing out because of the flight. You're stressing out because, Oh, I have to go through this TSA thing. (laughs) There's just, there's just so much. It's just, uh, it's one awful experience after the other. Like when I, I had to take an Uber to LaGuardia once, this was probably what two years ago. And the traffic was so bad within a mile of LaGuardia 
the guy was like, dude, like, we're not going to get close for like an hour. Like, you should just get out and walk. <laughs> so I got out and walked the last like half mile through like a neighborhood or something to LaGuardia. And it was just like, it was, I mean, it was unbelievably awful. LaGuardia is like the worst airport in the world too. Although I hear they like built a new terminal. I don't believe them. Uh, it just seems like an awful, awful <laughs> airport. Um, so like, here, how do we fix this? How do we, you know, think about like on, on the way in, one of the reasons I, I always used to fly out of JFK was because, and it took me an hour and a half to get to the airport from, um, where was I? Park Slope at that time. Yeah, much uh, longer to, than LaGuardia would theoretically take you. Correct, yeah. Well, it took me an hour and a half. I'm also in Brooklyn, right? Like, it, it's out in Long Island. So you're thinking, all right, it shouldn't be that bad. Uh, I could take a car. I could do all this. I don't do any of that. You know what I did? I would take the subway into Penn Station um, and then take the, I think it was Penn Station, and then take the Long, Long Island, Island Rail- Railroad all the way out to Jamaica Station and then take the people mover thing from the Jamaica Station into the airport. You know why I did that? Stress. Stress. 100%. I knew when the trains were going to be on time. I knew that. I knew the experience. It was, it's not amazing. The subway was the roughest part of that because you got a bag, you're on the subway, blah, blah. But the moment you get on Long Island Railroad, it's a cruise, man. And then you cruise into Jamaica Station, just switch over to another little small train, and then you're at the airport. You don't have to deal with traffic. You honestly don't have to deal with a ton of people either. Um, and so to me, I would just do that because I could always plan an hour and a half to just do that little trip. Um, but and then, you know, one t- you know when I was flying out of LaGuardia, I was like, oh, I can't really do that with LaGuardia, so I got I to gotta get a car. And then that's what happens. You know, it's just so it a sounds- horrific experience. It sounds to me that a lot of the stress comes from a mismatch of the expectation with the with the actual experience. Yeah, or or a variety of the the variation of the experience. Totally. And I think Um, maybe if you drill down into those problem areas where the the dissonance between the two is the greatest, that's where we might find some opportunity. You know, I, 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 as you were talking, I was thinking about some of the things that's being done at airports and some of these companies that are popping up and even like within the airline carriers, like what they're doing themselves. Like for instance, JetBlue has this thing called even more speed. Yeah. And for, I think like an additional 10 or $20, you can purchase even more speed, which allows you to skip the security line and go straight through, Love uh, you know, you still, have, you still have to deal with TSA, but then you're not sort of like in that big buildup leading to the TSA. You just know that you have this line dedicated to people who are willing to pay this premium uh, and you go straight through. So that's that's interesting. And then there's also a company called, I think, Clear. Yep, I heard of them. Which yeah. I think you get your, what it's do like, you do? Uh, you TSA like, pre-check sign- almost. It's related to that. Yeah, exactly. Which is like a whole nother thing, TSA pre-check. So I think this is like an added on thing onto the TSA pre-check and it has its own exclusive line and you just sort of breeze on through. And I suppose it's really intended for people who travel frequently using, uh, using flights. Uh, but I think that's, that's clearly like an innovation that came from, from some of this frustration that, that you talk about. And then like, once you're in the airport, 
you know, that's that's its own mess. But I think it's understood that security can oftentimes be like the biggest aggressor of some of these frustrations because maybe you're waiting in line for a long time, then you're sort of patted down and your space is violated. And like you said, you're sort of treated like you, you committed a crime or something. Uh, and then really it's up to like the carriers, right? And the experience on airplanes and what that looks like. And I, you know, I wonder like, is there, is there a way as like a private enterprise to like get in there and do something better that, that you can like sell or license to, to these airlines to improve the experience once you're on the flight? There has to be like, there has to be a way that um, I'm just thinking about like the whole experience of, because at the end of the day, and this is like something that um, companies are in every industry are waking up to the customer experience doesn't stop or start with them buying something. Right. It's like this whole, it's the holistic experience of them using whatever service you offer from the moment you start thinking about it to the moment you stop thinking about it. Um, and even think about it from that perspective, it's like, why hasn't a carrier like set up, um, a system where they take the customer from start to finish all the way through? Like, why isn't mm. there a carrier that comes pick you up, that comes to pick you up at your home to come get you? Why isn't there? So I a think, go ahead. Just to interrupt you. So yeah. I think Virgin airlines, yeah. if you fly business, they actually do that. So if you're flying to London or Europe business class with Virgin, they will come and pick you up. Love it. And then they have their own airport lounge where you can eat, drink, get a massage, get a haircut, get your shoe shine, like literally whatever the heck you want, you can do. And you can probably also compound that like with, you know, I don't know if Virgin has their own terminal but I, I assume that to really have that holistic end-to-end experience, they must also have their own security lines and things of that nature to really make it like a seamless experience. It, it's interesting because you brought up the point that like flying has become very democratized. Yep. And like, but when you do that and you start treating everybody as the same, you almost like treat everybody like they're nobody. That's what ends up happening. And that's what's happened with flying. And I think like if there's a way to give to give the consumer back the respect they deserve um, for choosing your airline, for choosing to spend five hundred dollars on a ticket like that's like the first step is like these airlines understanding that um, that, yeah, there is a relationship that's been built here that they have an obligation to, to uphold. Whether that be the virgin sort of way of doing it where give, you know, this very exclusive, very high end experience, you know, but I'm thinking even like, you know, I used to fly JetBlue all the time. I would only fly JetBlue. And the only reason I would fly JetBlue is because it was out of JFK, Terminal 5. I knew my experience all the way there, like I've talked about, and I knew Terminal 5 very well. I knew what the food was there. It was there. They owned it, essentially. And I knew when I got on the plane that like... I knew I had a TV, wanted to distract myself. You know, like I, everything was sort of plotted out for me from the experience perspective. And that's why I went to them over and over and over again. Um, and I wonder how is that repeatable? Like what sort of level of exclusivity or service do they need to offer? I don't even think it has to be that high. Like the Virgin's a cool example, but like I feel like it could just be basic stuff. Um, like... Uh, even like when you go in to get your ticket 
like that whole experience, depending on who you get at the ticket counter can be like great or it can be awful. And I just don't see, I don't know. Like I, I flew on, um, I think it was American recently and I hadn't mm-hmm. flown on American in 15, 20 years. And I got up to the ticket counter and the person was just like rude and kind of just had a terrible tone and I was like, in what under in what other industry could you spend four hundred dollars on something, have the person uh, who's helping you with it be rude, and that would be okay? Cable. Does that exist? Yeah, but cable, cable yeah, cable, I guess. But why is that? And that that and therein lies the bigger problem. Monopolies, right? like monopolies. These so what what is being monopolized? I think it's probably the routes, the airfares, uh-huh. the pricing. The uh, slots uh, in each yeah. terminal, those are all monopolized. And that's why we have, I think that's the big issue of why we have what we have, is that there's no, it, it, there's no true competition besides this ticket fare. But if the ticket fares are like, you know, all $400 or near that, there isn't really any competition happening. There's certainly yeah. a very little competition with the experience. You could argue it's collusion. It is and collusion. Maybe, it's price and fixing. Maybe, exactly. And maybe because of this collusion, right, there's, there's, a, there's a floor to the bottom that people are willing to, to set. And you probably have, you know, these budget carriers, and that's, that's what we call them. But I bet you the big incumbents like the Deltas and Uniteds have made that very clear in their, their PR and branding. Like, hey, we're like a luxury yeah. carrier versus these budget carriers but realistically like they're all colluding with each other and the budget carriers are trying to pretend like hey we have this great deal for you and then like you said you go through the checkout experience and by the time you add on all those like little additional things you know before you know it you're going to be paying to go to the bathroom you're going to be paying to like what have, you have to do uh, in right there i think yeah or they've talked about it or you have yeah. to do it or something like that and you know, at the end, I, you know, I flew Ryanair in Europe uh, from London to Amsterdam, and it was so absurd to the point where if you didn't have a printout of a certain document at the airport, they would charge you 20 pounds just to print it out. And this document was not the ticket. It was like something else. Oh and God. it was like in the fine print. And literally all you do is like you go to this desk that like validates that you have this document they take it and they put like a special stamp on your ticket those 20 pounds that you have to pay if you don't have that ticket is more than the than the price of the ticket and i think you're starting to see some of that seep into you know what we're calling discount carriers over here and it's just a terrible experience but the problem is the the carriers on the higher end if they're not doing anything to up the experience either, then like, you know, you sort of have poor experiences on both sides. I think it's more common to say, Oh, you know, my flight today was actually pretty good. Like I didn't have any problems. Yeah, <laughs> like as exactly. opposed to yep. like, like the lack of problems or the lack of interference is actually what makes it a decent experience versus actually having this truly, you know, what, in this experience world we call magical experiences Uh, like those don't, those don't need to exist in the world of flying, which if you compare that to how everything else is moving from consumer trends and just what people gravitate to, people want these 
delightful moments. They want to, you know, have pleasant experiences in the moments that matter. They want to be uplifted. They want to be taken somewhere else. They, they want this. And flying really does none of that. Flying is, flying is like a true commodity. Like you yeah. need us. We need you. You're getting on a plane. We're going to sandwich you on and you're going to get to your destination safely. Like, isn't that enough? Yeah, exactly. But it, it, it used to be like one of the special experiences. Um, and it's like, there's also a complication here too, that I've heard before when I brought this up with other people or some somewhere I heard this Think about it. This, the industry is bifurcated into direct to consumer and B2B essentially, because a lot of the heavy flyers are business travelers, right? Yep. And so they will pay anything, right? So like if you are getting a business flight, you know, I have to, let's say I have to be in Los Angeles tomorrow. Are you going to price shop? Nope. No, you're going to, are you paying for it? No, nope. your business is. And so that creates this inflated, it's almost like the health insurance market where you have these seats or these products that are being sold at hyperinflated rates because people are willing to pay for them due to time constraints and all this other sort of stuff. Um, so that, I think that's another reason too, why a lot of these uh, carriers, especially the normal carriers and higher carriers don't switch. It's because well, you know, it, you know, 70% of our travelers are business people. They don't really price shop around all that much. Or if they do, it's like, you know, uh, they'll pay like six fifty instead of $700 or something like that. Um, so I think that adds another complication to it. So you have like, you have, you have monopolies, you have price fixing, you have um, a murky sort of business model where it's yeah. not really G2C and it's not really B2B or sort of enterprise level. Um, and then you have it, and then I think you bring a really good point how it's also splitting between the Ryanair discount experience, which goes in direct opposition to what every other industry is doing with customer experience. I mean, the exact opposite of what people are doing. Uh, and then you have, you know, who's the, who do you think is the best airline right now that you use? I mean, I'm sort of a loyalist and maybe this goes back to what you were saying before. So living in New York City, if I can, within the continental United States, I will fly JetBlue. And that's because I know they have their own terminal. I know they have this, uh, what do you call it? Like this easy, like more, even more speed speed, thing where I know I can pay that and just like get through. I know I can upgrade to mosaic or not mosaic upgrade to like even more space seats, which then gives you the even more speed. And it's all sort of packaged together. And because they holistically own that experience to some extent, even though they still have to deal with TSA and then like all the food options in their terminal and that those are still things that are a little off. I, I feel like that gives me more of a sense of control of what the expectation is at my departing airport. And that's why I do it. Now, would it be interesting? Like JetBlue should know that I'm taking an Uber or Lyft to the airport anyways. That's just what I do. Like, why isn't that packaged into their experience? Yeah, it should just, be. That, just the pickup. Like they know it's happening or they should know it's happening. Why, why is that not part of the core experience? If they, if they know that I am choosing JetBlue because I appreciate this end-to-end holistic experience that they're offering me, why do they not care about the food options they're delivering me in their terminals? Yeah. It, 
that doesn't make sense to me. And then why is the boarding process still such a mess? Like always. they, <laughs> it's always a mess. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah. You know, it's uh, yeah. I think the the really interesting idea I'm hearing is that like sort of the first, uh, the not the final mile, but the first mile of the experience. Totally. Like how how can airlines? Because like you know, especially in New York City, it's like, hey, everybody on flight two two three to Fort Lauderdale, like here's your pickup. You know, we're we're either gonna send you a car, and then and then you can you can tranche it out. You can say, hey, yeah, we'll come. We'll we will get you to the airport. Here's when you're gonna get picked up. One. You can choose a private car service if you would like to do that, or you can get on a group shuttle. That's very nice. Uh, just have to meet up here, you know, like uh, one location for like, you know, a few passengers, let's say in the yep. East Village or something, uh, if you live there. I think that would be amazing. And then like the moment you get on that shuttle, you feel like you're in JetBlue's hands and you don't have to think about it anymore. And then you're not stressed out, right? Like then you know out. that they've they're going to wait for you like the whole exactly yes and that's like the problem like this perception like the second all those components are farmed out to whether you're taking a long island railroad the subway the air train and uber or cab whatever like you still are looking at your watch you're still like okay am i am i doing this with enough time in mind and then on top, right, you get to the airport and you see a giant security line. And you're like, oh, my God, now I have to wait through that. Like, am I going to make it? I don't know. But if you knew that you were being picked up and the service was like a part of just the JetBlue experience. And again, like could be any air carrier. But Didn't if you I, yeah. knew that that was part of the experience, then also the second that you get into that car, into that shuttle, whatever it is, you know, you're in their hands and you know that you don't have to deal with like the stress of time. And I think actually it's probably the stress of time that influences the sentiment towards that entire first mile experience all the way through check-in through security, eating, whatever it is. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's, that's one of the solutions I feel like, because you can even get like, you can even get checked in as you get on the shuttle or the, in the car. Oh yeah. Genius. I mean, then, then it's like, then they know that you're on routes. Oh my God, this is so brilliant. This would help the airlines tremendously with like everything. They just keep track of you all the way through. Um, and then they know if you're late, then okay, we'll, 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 you know, think about this. You get stuck in traffic on the way to LaGuardia. You're not going to make your flight for whatever reason. Um, they'll automatically rebook you on another flight, even before you get to the airport. Yeah. You don't need to even deal with it. No, they'll just automatically redo it. That's it. That's a, that's a solution. That's a solution. That's um, a solution. Yeah, for sure. And then, like, I love it if, like, they could just literally, yeah, they, they pick you up and they take you to even TSA. TSA should be set up. Why isn't TSA for, like, Terminal 5? Why isn't that all branded with, like, JetBlue? Right? Why can't the TSA agent sort of be a, a jet, sort of, like, have to, almost like a JetBlue employee on some level? And have to provide you that service. Exactly. Why can't sort JetBlue of. have their own TSA people? Um, I don't know. I mean, that's just sort of maybe an outrageous part of it, but like, I would just I would want the flow to be, you know, all the way through just that brand because that's the only way it's going to get better. Because right yeah. now it's just such a shit show across the board, and it's so disparate that nobody seems that there's no holistic. There is no holistic customer experience except confusion and chaos. And fear and anxiety, <laughs> and that's what it yeah. is. Um, yeah, and it's all it's all because of 
timing, pricing, frustration, all these factors that come up. And you, I think humans become hypersensitive when uh, there's a sort of a, a finite amount of time that they have to like get to someplace and get through something. And there seems to be so many different roadblocks instead of something that eases you through this process. There's actually things intended to slow you down. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. you lose control. And the second you are at a loss of control, I think the human reaction is just to fight it. And that's why you see like aggression yeah. taking place at airports. You see, you see it in the, you know, when people are getting ready to load up onto the airplane, they like call for zone A or zone one, whatever oh, airline you fly. God, and liter- and literally like 200 people are starting to jam up to the line and they have to say, no, excuse me, this is zone A only and then people are getting frustrated and then it's almost like class warfare taking place before you get on the flight ah, it is where, it's so true where it's like almost like the people who pay extra or flying first class or business are getting like shamed on the way in yeah because they have to like push through everybody else ah, uh, i'm telling you that every part of this experience is terrible it, yeah. it's, just, it's like the perfect concoction of an awful customer experience uh, that's one of the reasons why I don't fly Southwest. I refuse to fly Southwest. <laughs> I will not be lined up like uh, uh, like cattle. I will not do it. I think it's so disrespectful to people to ask people to do that. Oh, are you A24, A60? Oh. And then you just, you're all lined up. It's just, uh, it's gross. Um, yeah. Well, I think we got some good ideas from we this do, one. I, do. I think we got really good ideas. Um, and so... Uh, we're, we're going to solve the airline customer experience crisis is what we're going to do. Um, but thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, this has been the Idea of the Week podcast. We will be back next week with another episode. I've been Dan. And I'm Bernie.